This podcast is brought to you by the Australian Fungicide Resistance Extension Network. Hello and welcome to the Fungicide Resistance 5 podcast series. I'm Drew Radford. AFRIN is a significant GRDC investment that has been coordinated by the Centre for Crop and Disease Management at Curtin University. AFRIN brings together regional plant pathologists, communication specialists and fungicide resistance experts from across the country. My guest today is one of those fungicide resistance experts, Dr. Fran Lopez-Ruiz from the Centre for Crop and Disease Management. Fran, thanks for your time. Oh, thank you for having me here today, Drew. Fran, in our previous podcast with Nick Paul, we talked about the importance of using only fungicide when there was evidence of a disease and then intervening as early as possible. But Fran, I understand there's another equally important aspect to fungicide use. Absolutely. Fungicides are actually one of those tools that can be actually mixed or rotated. And this is very important for the management of diseases, especially for the management of fungicide resistance or for the prevention of fungicide resistance. And when we are mixing fungicides from different mode of actions, we are combining two very powerful tools at the same time. So it's actually harder for the disease to develop resistance against the two of them at the same time. That's why when we are mixing or we are rotating, we are increasing or minimizing the chances of fungicide resistance developing. I think that also it's very important to realize that there are different mode of actions. And in knowing the different mode of actions, we've got the power of understanding how actually these mixtures are going to be working and are going to be helpful. So basically in um, grains, we've got a very, unfortunately, a very limited number of mode of actions, namely three, which are DMIs or group three fungicides, uh, QOIs or group 11, and SDHIs or group seven. There are a few other minor groups, but these are the most important ones, not only in Australia, but also worldwide. So, Fran, what's the risk here? How does using the same chemistry encourage fungicide resistance? Well, it's just uh, an evolutionary thing. So when we are using the same chemical season after season, and sometimes several times within the same season, the organisms are, are adapting to that chemical. So we are imposing a selection pressure over the disease population, the pathogens. And that selection pressure, what it is doing, is just selecting for those individuals that are resistant to the chemical. So in time, that selection will occur over several seasons, and the result is that we will have a resistant population taking over the original wild-type population. So it's just a selection process at the end of the day. Okay, well, in terms of that population, how does alternating chemistries keep population growth in check? Well, it's, it's actually quite simple, and I, I really like, you know, the, the example of uh, antibiotics. So when we've got a bacterial infection, we normally go to our GP, and the GP will prescribe an antibiotic. And sometimes we don't recover very quickly. It takes a bit longer. So we end up going back to the GP, and the GP just changes the antibiotic. So in essence, this is what we are doing in the field. So we are changing the different chemicals that we are using so the diseases don't adapt as quickly to these chemicals. So in other words, because we're using different mode of actions, the diseases are going to be facing different mode of action the entire time. So it's going to be harder for them to adapt. And this not only happens with the alternation, but also happens with the mixtures. 
So when we are mixing, we are going to be exposing that pathogen to different mode of actions at the same time. It's just a way of keeping the environment very dynamic for these pathogens so that they cannot adapt as quickly. Fran, does this reduce effectiveness or does it lead to full resistance or is it, is it a range of outcomes using the same chemistry over and over again? It really depends on the mode of action, really. We've got three main mode of actions. For example, group 11 or QOIs, the process is very simple. So we've got a sensitive pathogen, a mutation develops, and then we've got a fully resistant pathogen. There is no intermediate stage. But for group threes or DMIs, we've got the full spectrum. So we start using DMIs, we don't rotate, and the population starts adapting. So mutations start evolving. And these mutations are not conferring initially a very high level of resistance, but with sufficient time, there will be new mutations arising and emerging. And in the end, we will have a very resistant phenotype. So it is quite variable. It depends on the mode of action and sometimes even a bit more complex, like for example, in the case of the SDHIs or group seven, where you can have actually the two cases, mutations that are conferring a very high level of resistance. And then, you know, mutations that are not conferring that very high level of resistance can be combined with other mutations as well. So at the end of the day, depending on the disease, depending on the mode of action, we will have different levels of resistance in response to the different management practices. So Fran, even if you use different foliar fungicides during the growth phase of the crop, does the use of the same repeated seed treatment contribute to resistance? Well, that's actually a very important point here because in some cases, yes. In some of the cases, uh, it's not a direct correlation or it's not absolutely clear. But in some cases, we've got the situation where those seed dressings or during foro treatments are going to be massively contributing to the selection of resistance during basically in pathogens that develop in the foliar part of the plant. So yes, I mean, this is actually very important to take into account because sometimes we might use seed dressing that is going to contain the same mode of action than then we're going to be applying foliarly and we don't make the connection that those two treatments during the same season are going to be contributing to the selection of resistance at pretty much the same level. So yes, it's very important to take into account that seed dressing and inforward treatments are going to play a very important role in this process. Fran, there seems to be a lot there to balance in terms of possible sequences to suit different combinations of crop, disease and growing conditions. Do growers feel constrained by this? Actually, that's not a problem at all. So we've got uh, sufficient tools at the moment so that we can have very effective plans in place to mitigate the risk of resistance development. And these plans basically are incorporating different management strategies, right? I said earlier that we're limited in the number of mode of actions that we've got available, but doesn't mean that we are limited in the way that we can rotate our chemistries. Because something that I didn't mention before and is very important as well is that we always recommend the rotation of different mode of actions. Rotating within the mode of action also has benefits. And when we incorporate, you know, all the molecules that we've got within the different mode of action, when we take them into account, then we are not very limited with the number of chemicals available anymore. It is also true that not all the chemicals work the same way, not all the chemicals can have the same properties, but 
I think that we've got enough tools in order to have very effective plans, as I said before, to control diseases. You can find examples within AFRIN, the Australian Fungus Services Extension Network, and I think that probably a very good starting point for our growers and agronomists will be to contact the experts that are within this network in order to get information on actually how they can implement some of these uh, sequences. Does this relate back to an important point made by Tara Garrard in our fourth podcast, which is about understanding the disease risk for your paddock and your location? Absolutely. Knowing what the disease risk in your particular paddock is, is very important because obviously it's going to determine very much the management strategies that you're going to put in place at a particular time. Just to give you an example, normally we actually have to expect uh, fungicide resistance developing faster in high disease pressure scenarios. That's what you should expect, right? But we've got examples in Australia where fungicide resistance has developed in low disease level scenarios just because of the management practices that were deployed at the time. So I think that this is why it's very important to take into account that we've got these fungicide resistance five rules or messages to aid us in developing those better management practices. So the first one will be the avoidance of susceptible crop varieties, so the use of more tolerant varieties, the rotation of the crops, which is actually key, obviously, in reducing the disease load for particular pathogens, the using of non-chemical control methods to reduce disease pressure, such as, for example, planting time, row spacing, eliminating the green bridge, and managing stubble. Spray only if necessary and apply strategically, so the same as we don't take antibiotics prophylactically in the absence of of disease, so we shouldn't be using fungicides in the absence of disease. And finally, the rotation and mixtures of fungicides are incorporated in different mode of actions, as uh, we've been alluding during this podcast today. Fran, if we could get all growers following the Fungicide Resistance 5, what are the potential benefits? Well, the first and um, most important one is protection of the longevity of the chemicals. So we have to realise that fungicides, the same as many other pesticides, are very difficult to come across. So it takes a very long time and investment in order to develop one, and we don't have guarantees that we will be having a stream of chemicals in the near future. So we have to protect the ones that we've got. But also the other benefit is that we can, as a community, uh, maintain these levels lower, which obviously is gonna is gonna have an impact in reducing the inputs that we require to control them. I suppose looking at it another way, Fran, what are the risks then associated with poor agronomic controls and fungicide management? In such a situation, what we can expect is a rapid development of resistance. Compounds that we normally use to control diseases start failing in controlling them. Uh, We're going to have to increase our inputs. The quality and the yield is going to be affected. Obviously, there are going to be impacts to the environment as well. It's not a nice situation. Fran, it sounds much simpler to understand the nature of fungicide resistance and follow the fungicide resistance five than ignoring all the risks. Absolutely. Obviously, having access to better information on how to manage this problem is going to be helpful. So AFRAIN is there to help with resources and expert advice on both national and regional issues. So I think that as a community, we should be aware that those resources are available, that the experts are there to help with any questions around this problem. And as a community, we're actually better off in trying to limit the spread of this problem. 
Afran, that's a great point to wrap up on. And you can find out more by using the Afran website to listen to all six podcasts in this series and find out more about the Fungicide Resistance 5. And that actually concludes our podcast series. You can access all the other episodes and learn more about fungicide resistance at the Afran website, which is afran.com.au. Thanks again for listening along, and I hope it rains just the right amount and at the right time, wherever you may be listening to this from. Dr. Fran Lopez-Ruiz from the Centre for Crop and Disease Management. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Thanks very much for your advice on using fungicides and managing the risk of fungicide resistance. Oh, thanks, Drew, for having me here today. Thank you.